Hey, my friends. Welcome to episode four of the Corner of Gray Street podcast. This is our fourth episode. Wow. And this is the fourth different location that I have recorded from. So, yikes. And I'm joined by my partner in crime, Nolan. What's up, dude? Bruce, how's it going? It's been a long day. Um, so I've got a uh, Star Hill double base hazelnut double chocolate stout sitting right here with me. It's going to be my uh, podcast friend here. Ooh, I'm jealous. Mm, that's okay. Um, it is really, really smooth. But welcome to the episode, everybody, and also thanks to everyone who has tuned in so far through the first three episodes. We are about to hit 1,500 total downloads, and I don't know if that's good or not, but after three episodes, we're pretty proud of it, aren't we, bud? Oh, I can confirm that it is good. We have done pretty well so far, and more importantly, we've been having fun. Exactly. And we're extremely grateful to all of you. So um, in the words of the wise man, Dave Matthews, thank you very much. And we hope everyone had a great weekend and hope you're ready to hear some Jeff Coffin domination throughout this week's episode from this past weekend in Deer Creek Ooh. to his first full show with the band in 2008. We've got you covered. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited about this episode. I'm excited to talk about the uh, creek end and about that uh, about that little gym back in 08. Um, but before we start in, we had a few people write in, uh, like we asked before, about Deer Creek. So we're going to get to those. But we also had a few who wrote in about last week's shows. The Camden Bethel. Um, there was one that is escaping me in there. There were four or five shows that week. After we had already recorded, unfortunately, but we wanted to give a shout out and a huge thanks out to Adam Hart and uh, my man, Matt, a.k.a. not you, Fat Jesus, on the warehouse <laughs> boards uh, for sending us a lot of good stuff. Uh, you know, we we regret not being able to use that stuff, but please, please write back in if y'all are going to more shows in the future. We really appreciate what you guys had to say. Y'all went in depth, gave us exactly what we wanted. And if I could uh, print out like a sheet where I could show everyone else what we wanted from them when they were giving us reviews, everyone that's written in so far would nail it all. Uh, what have we had? Five, six different people, maybe mm-hmm. um, four or five. I don't know. But um, it's been great. And thank you all. So with that, Nolan, hit us with Deer Creek Night One. Yeah, let's jump right into the Deer Creek Night One uh, Sirius XM show. We actually had a listener uh give us his reactions to the show shout out to jason palmer uh he said it is obvious the band loves playing here from dave making jokes about the name and then calling it deer creek to just the energy the entire band had all night even tim was smiling a lot jeff crushed it tonight for me it felt like the dave jeff and stefan show and i was fine with that the rest of the band was bringing it but felt more in the background I was on the lawn for night one. The crowd around me was into every song. Easy to get the crowd amped with the way the show opened, but even when they started Do You Remember, the crowd loved it. So let's get into that BOA opener. Yes. I mean, that. but back to that, that is um, 
That makes everything so much better. When you're around a crowd where everyone is into every part of the show, even if you have a dip or a lull or something, and people aren't on their phones and whatever and chatting it up, if they're actually into the show, it makes it so much more enjoyable. But yeah, like you said, when you open with BOA, best of what's around for those who don't know acronyms, um, it is really tough to not get into the show. And... Wow. I mean, we were both listening at the time, I believe. And as soon as they kick right into that, it's like, ah, uh, we're in for a good night. Boa just instantly puts a smile on my face. I, there's so many DMB fans that. Yes. It's, I mean, it's a top 10 song for them. And uh, I know one of my friends, shout out Reagan, said that song is what turned him into a Dave Matthews Band fan. So it's a big one for oh. the band. Yeah, and I mean, there's a reason that um, it has best and being called the best of what's around, like right in the title. I mean, it's going to be great. You know it. And crazily enough, that is the first time that is open since 2016 and only the fourth time since 2006, which is astounding. What? Have you seen a BOA opener? You know, Bruce, I actually have seen a BOA opener. It opened uh, Hartford Night One. Yes, back in 2007, and I believe I called you so that you could listen in. (laughs) Yes, you went to like two of the first three shows, I think, that summer, and one of them was Mansfield, and that was the tour opener. I I just remember this, Um, and Crush opened, and I was like, no way, Crush opening a tour, and then you called me the next one, and Best of What's Around opened, and I immediately hung up. (laughs) it was just that good yeah and i was that pissed (laughs) and speaking of boa openers it opened the show from 2000 that we talked about last week on our dmb history segment um coincidence uh i think not so they're listening man how we're controlling the band later but nolan tell us a little bit about um why you thought this was a standout for the show and obviously, you know, great song every time. But I think we're going to play some of this for the fans here. And uh, just tell us what made it stand out to you. Yeah, well, two words, Jeff Coffin. We uh, mentioned it earlier. He is a theme, a big theme of this week's episode. So uh, he really shines on the end of this song and the crowd loves it. So let's let's listen to the end of The Best of What's Around.
Exactly. Remind everyone that it is Deer Creek. Not whatever weird name that they call it now. Um, but moving on, speaking of Jeff Coffin, I just wanted to note here, You Might Die Trying was in the two slot, and it was money on the Sirius XM uh, stream there. And I noticed, I completely forgot that earlier in the tour, Jeff Coffin had brought back the wah pedal for his, I think it's a wah effect that he has going on on his sax. And he hadn't played it since one of his first few gigs with the band back in 08. Um, so little look forward to what we have for you later on in the show. But he brought it back this tour. And so it sounded great on uh, Sirius XM. And then uh, I grabbed the uh, taper pull and apparently there were some audio issues at the show. Uh, for the first few songs, four or five songs, and actually the first few seconds of Jeff's solo here, you can't hear it all on the tape, and his wah effect on the sax is completely gone from uh, the taper pull, which is ex- extraordinarily odd to me. Yeah, that's weird, because we'd like for everyone to hear it, and you're probably going to hear yeah. it later, but from 11 years ago. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to just a few uh, just a few days ago. Just going through the show here. I mean, we don't need to read every single song, but it's great to see uh, Sugar Will and The Stone staying around. I mean, seeing those pop up and seeing The Stone already through 15 shows have, uh, let's see what, five plays yes. is, I mean, that's awesome. I don't think that they had, it had that many last summer um, at all. Um, oh, it didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, just absurd, but it's so awesome. Keep playing it, guys. I mean, every single multi-night stand needs to have a stone, needs to have a sugar roll, really. But, um, you know, we really want to see that in rotation. And, you know, speaking of songs that aren't normally in rotation, here's a liberation coming up here. Nolan, what song was that? If I Had It All. Very unexpected liberation from the band. It was last played yeah. on May 19th, 2012. Jesus. Yeah. That was a, gosh. All right. Seven years ago. Uh, no big deal. I think we saw the best version of it with Joe Lawler and Seville, but whatever. Um, oh, 2006. Oh, God. Speaking of years ago. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So they all really pale in comparison to that one. Just kidding. But this one is. A little flat. Yeah, it was just a little, um, kind of an odd start to the song, and they didn't really lock up. Um, It just didn't really work, honestly, for me. And it doesn't mean that they can't play a great version of that song. That one just didn't really land, which is, that's okay. They took a chance, and I don't necessarily want to see them shelve it for the rest of the year. You know, just... They took a chance and it didn't land. That's okay. You know, bands do that all the time. That's what live music is, is, you know, you're taking chances and seeing if it works. And if it doesn't, okay, well, we'll, you know, dust our boots off and try again, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a weird one to bring out liberation wise. I mean, you know, we've got other ones, shotgun (laughs) that, um, we'd appreciate seeing, but, you know, again, we appreciate the variety and, you know, are pumped to see that they're digging into the catalog a little, a little bit. 
Yeah, always appreciate it. And there was a lot of that going on this weekend at the Creek. Mm. There were a lot of songs that have not been played a lot, but a song that is always played uh, was played night one, Jimmy Thing. But you know what? It showed up a little earlier in the set. So once again, I think someone is listening. We've been calling for the Jimmy opener, and it's creeping up there. And before you know it, you're going to be at a show, and you're going to hear it to start the show. That's a Gray Street Pod guarantee. Yes. I mean, it moved from, uh, what, the normal uh, 15, 14, 15 slot to maybe the 10 or 11 slot, which, yeah, you're right. It's it's climbing up the uh, leaderboard there. <laughs> I've this we, creeping we, suspicion we, that it's going to get up there to the top. Oh, wow. What a great callback. Jimmy opener, please. Um, yeah. And then we have another, I think almost, well, it was played last year, but you know it's been played so sparingly recently. But a tour, ba- tour debut, um, write a song for the second time since 2015. Um, I think, I mean... Both of us are obviously fans of the Little Red Bird bonus disc to Big Whiskey. Yes. And honestly, we've both liked this song. And when I saw that pop on the set, I was not listening to the stream at the time. I was pretty excited. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I'm glad they brought this one back. This is a cool little song. And I think we've mentioned it before on the pod, but that Little Red Bird album uh companion to big whiskey i i like a lot of those songs better than most of the ones on big whiskey so yeah i i mean i totally agree there's i mean that but you know i do like that it's that little tiny four song bonus disc but i'd agree with you i think we could some sub some songs in and out between those two albums yeah maybe we'll do that in the off season that'll be a podcast where Let's take the songs from the sessions and sub out in the album, and we'll make our dream album for each album. Wow. Creating our own album. Yikes. Yeah, we'll do it. I mean, the first three are basically perfect, except for Mac Head. Mm. <laughs> but, so, that, that'll be a fun project for the offseason. Yeah, the, uh, the Tapeworm song. Um, but, you know, I think that this was one of the highlights from night one honestly there were a couple of nice moments here um you know listening back on the tape and you brought this to my attention that um you know the end of the song once jeff kind of started uh soloing a little bit in the middle and then leading to a nice dave build vocally there was a lot of energy there in the last like two minutes maybe of the song or so and i you know this may not be everyone's favorite but i really think that people should hear just this exchange of um, energy here at the end of Write a Song where Jeff just kind of builds it up and Dave's like, all right, well, I'm going to kind of go for it vocally. And um, yeah, let's go ahead and play it for you guys.
Next up, we have a little granny segue into typical situation, and then a stay closer for the main set, followed up by a sweet little encore of Grace is Gone and All Along the Watchtower. And this marks the first time Grace is Gone has appeared in a full band encore since October 1st. 2007. Uh, once again, this summer, no horns on the song. Buddy doing great work on the keys on this one and all along the Watchtower, a staple this summer to close out shows. And Bruce, I think we have another uh, reaction from a listener. Yeah, Mr. Jason Palmer. He uh, kind of closed this out here. I love when I get to hear some stuff I have only heard a few times or that I haven't heard in several years. Sugar Will, If I Had It All, 2006 was last time. And Write a Song were great highlights for me. Ultimately, Night One at Deer Creek didn't disappoint. I think I see what all the buzz is about, and I can't wait for Night Two. Well, Jason, we can't wait either, and neither could the band, because they opened the show with a damn bang. Anyone seen the bridge opener first time since 2007? Boom. Yes. I mean, oh, I just Nolan, I'm kind of speechless because that's I mean, that's a way to start a show. Just just talk, talk, talk. Oh, such a cool way to start a show. And I mean, I think also every episode of this podcast, we have mentioned a uh, so much to say. Anyone seen the bridge too much segue? Uh, no, so much to say yeah. to start. Yeah which is even more creative. And this is the variety and imagination that we crave as fans when you go to a show and you want to hear a unique opener. It, it does everything to yes. set the tone for the show. Oh, absolutely, man. And something crazy. I don't know if it was me thinking this the other day or if I read this on um, maybe uh, the Ants Marching forums, but there was... Uh, it was either me thinking it or someone said it that anyone seeing the bridge should open a show. And I think I was either thinking, no, nah, that won't happen. Or someone commented and said, that's not going to happen again. Um, and here it is. Boom. I mean, <laughs> unreal. We get best of what's around night one. Anyone seen the bridge night two openers. That's like you said, that is the exact kind of variety and um, just unpredictable value that the band is bringing to the opener slot that we love and crave and we also crave a little minarets tour debut here in the third slot and it segues right into a crush which i believe was one of the best outros we've seen from mr carter beaufort he gave it his all and just at the end of the song there's some videos out there he is like exhausted he is spent he yes. he did it bruce and you actually i think <laughs> yes. were watching it on periscope at the time dude randomly i'm standing there cooking dinner and i'm like you know i they're playing a show right now and i don't know anything that's going on i'm gonna check in on see if someone's periscoping and someone actually was and it was the end of crush i was like oh cool like nice crush you know carter's wrapping it up here 40 seconds later, he's still wailing. And I'm like, what is he doing? Fonz and Dave are kind of staring at him like, 
oh my god and he finally you know ends the song and he keels over looking like he's about to pass out Fonz is starting to give him like this round of applause Dave is looking at him like are you okay and he gives this exhale and smile like whoo yeah like man I just I don't yeah I just did that and Dave kind of raises his arms up to the sky as if to say, Carter, you just lifted this entire venue off its foundation and took us into the sky. The crowd started chanting his name. I mean, I think Dave was about to come into the mic and say, like, Carter Buffett on the drums or whatever. And the fans were just chanting Carter. So he was just like, yeah, that, that, just Carter, Carter. The man is a god. We are not worthy and... We think you should hear a little bit of this. Here's the best drummer on the planet going bananas on Crush. unbelievable that was that was absurd um and another thing that's absurd is over the next 10 songs in this show five of them were tour debuts uh starting off with idea of you right here which i cannot believe had not been played already this tour just seems kind of like one of those especially since you know it was off last year's album um that they would have been playing religiously but here it is popping up um, and thank God, like I, yeah, I like the song and think they're doing a good job with it. Yeah, I think they've always done a good job with it. It's part of that batch of '06 songs that uh, that you and I really like. So it's nice to see that. It's nice to see that it finally made it onto an album, and then 
nice to see it get some play this tour. And it's nice to see the tiny little red guitar come back on stage. Uh, every time I see that, I'm just praying it's shotgun. <laughs> Don't say it. Uh, yeah, let's get let's give shotgun the Gray Street Pod bump real quick. We should do it every single show because it's uh, it's just so good. So shall it be written? So shall it be done? <laughs> oh man, you know. Speaking of the tiny red guitar, Squirm. Mm-hmm. Another tour debut. Probably not one that we clamor for as much as Shotgun. Uh, probably safe to say, but solid. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I still like the song. Yeah. Um, it even though it is a song that seemingly would be such a perfect opener as you know, please find your place though the groom grows scarce. Once we're all inside, the service can begin. I mean. That's perfect sort of opener lyrics there. Um, we just kind of seen it a few times, and I don't really care to see it as an opener anymore. But yeah. the song itself, I'm I'm cool with it. I think it's uh, I think it's a really you know one of their you know better songs of the last uh, decade or so. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, another tour debut coming up with "Fool to Think." This is personally mm-hmm. one of my favorites off of the Everyday album. Mm-hmm. I know we both enjoy playing this one on guitar, Bruce. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a unique little riff, um, and I really like uh, the chorus part. That part, um, if you play it really, really fast, it's pretty difficult to do, and it's kind of fun when you get in the groove. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of everyday songs that aren't played too often popping up here with "If I Had It All" and "Fool to Think" here at the Creek. So maybe. Um, Maybe we've got a little trend going. Maybe Alpine and Spack have uh, some other albums to look forward to. Uh, probably Stand Up and um, <laughs> Come Tomorrow, but uh, you never know. I mean, fingers crossed for you guys. But back to Fool to Think, um, Jeff does some good stuff in there, and Dave sings it a little differently. It kind of uh, like the write a song from night one. There's just, I mean, Jeff Coffin on the saxophone is just a bad mofo and the song this song i really like the outro here and i just really kind of like i think jeff's adding some stuff over um the verses and chorus here that are really really good and i think we should play it for for the fans at home clamoring for some fool to think
And the next tour debut was not just a song debut, but an album debut. It was the first Away From The World song played this tour, and that was Rooftop, one of the stronger uh, live songs from Away From The World. Yeah. How? <laughs> that is so weird. How is that the first Away From The World song of the entire tour? I don't know, but something went on with that album where it is just not... Something is up with that album and the band. Yeah, I mean, it, there has to be. It's pretty bizarre. Um, and I like Rooftop. Yeah. Um, it's decent song. Um, I like it when the ladies but... aren't butchering it. <laughs> I know no one that has ever booed in the middle of that song. What? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we we like Rooftop and um, Dave's sister and everyone likes the song that Jane likes, which um, popped up here and segues into a little water into wine, which we haven't seen in quite a while. I was fairly floored when I saw that pop up. I think the last time was like four years ago or something, um, 2015, Um, it I don't think it was a liberation as far as the uh, almanac goes. I don't remember seeing another liberation uh, during the creek end. But, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. And, you know, I think Dave sang it a little bit differently. It was played a little differently. But, I mean, I don't I don't really care if it's not the one from Red Rocks 95. Um, I just think that that's a great little cool down. And... You know, out of Jane, I mean, at the end of the show, just, I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's beautiful. And um, before we get to the complete end of the show, Satellite here at the very end is a very odd placement and kind of actually cool, considering it's almost always played within the first like five, six songs. And I literally didn't think about that at all because I skimmed over satellite every time I see it on a set, basically, until right now. So I so, I'm sorry for breaking up the flow, but satellite at the end of the show is not a bad placement. No, I agree. And, uh, you know, you get through satellite and then, boom, don't drink the water. Boom. Pentelonaga, Pampa, Rapunzel. Give me that BTCS all day. And then we get the encore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the two-step ants encore is good any day and every day in my book. Um, I've seen the complaints online about two-step not being the full-on beast that it could be, but shut the hell up. They're playing the song, (laughs) and it's awesome, okay? They may get to the long Carter jam again at some point. They may throw in a buddy solo or a Tim solo again. I hope that they extend it, but if they want to play it for five minutes, seven minutes, 15 minutes, just whatever, they're playing one of their best songs again. And it seemed like it was almost dead there for a while. And, um, it's leading into epic songs literally every time it's been played the last few weeks. So, you know, they're putting up, so everyone else should be shutting up. And amen. I'm just like, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I gushed over two step, you know, a couple weeks ago on the pod or something, but you know, I just still, it's one of my favorite songs. And even though I forget the lyrics, I'm good with it being here. 
Yes. Oh, man. People complain about two-step. Shut up. What are you doing? Like, the song got played two <laughs> times last year. We need that song played. I think one of them was actually at Deer Creek. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's on the uh, the live tracks release, um, whichever number that was. But yeah, so they ended the show there. Great ants. And apparently, I've, speaking of complaints, they were off the stage at 1045, which, you know, I think there's a normal 11 p.m. curfew there. And I mean, I'll, I'll agree with that. That's a little odd, especially for a night two after a long weekend. Um, but, you know, it was obviously still a great show. Great encore. Um, some people thought Halloween would follow ants or something was going to happen. But that was the original set and they stuck to it. And, you know, if they wanted to get off the stage at 1045, I think they earned it that show and that weekend. And I think a couple of our listeners agreed. Uh, Nolan, why don't you uh, read a couple of the email clips that we have from uh, a couple of buddies? Yeah, here's what Josh Flint had to say. My 24th DMB show and second time at Deer Creek. There's something special about Noblesville. I was starting to feel like it might be time for more Dave and Tim and less DMB. Last night changed mm. my mind. This was one of my favorite DMB shows in a few years. The band just sounds so great right now. You can tell they're having a blast and they're really bringing it setless wise these last couple weeks. I hope the band still has several more years hitting the road together. DMB and Summer just go so well together, and I'll miss these days when the band does decide to hang it up. So true. Well said, Josh. Then Jason Palmer again just chimes in with a little bit of a letdown from an amazing night one. There really were some good songs, and the band sounded great again. But there was just no real flow to the show, or it seemed that way to me. And also seemed like they ended really early, like we said. Um... And half expected a double encore with the main set closing when it did. And I can understand that, Jason. Um, I think you also mentioned, and I just didn't write it down here, that you were in the seats for the second night. And you were in the lawn night one. And the lawn crowd was actually way more into the show than the people in the more expensive pavilion seats. Which, uh, what the hell is that about? Um, if you're paying that 100, 115 bucks or whatever it is for a ticket, you would think you'd want to be into the show, but whatever. Um, and finally, before we move on, Nolan, thank the God, Jason Johnson, for us. Jason Goat Johnson, thank you for taping. <laughs> oh my. Uh, it was. Really nice to have a great quality sounding recording. Uh, it was perfection. Thank you again, and uh, we love getting to use your clips on the show. Yes, yes. Thank you, and thank you to all the tapers. I think there were a couple there at uh, Deer Creek. You would know them on the boards as Crumbo and Grepson. So see a taper, hug a taper, buy a taper of beer. And um, yeah, I think... Oh, I, we're just so spoiled and so blessed to be getting all this kind of great music and uh, quality recordings. And uh, speaking of quality recording, here you go. Welcome back. And welcome back to another installment of Today in DMB History. And 
this specific day in DMB history is beyond monumental. Um, it means it means almost everything now, looking back on it. Um, and for Nolan and I, is it it is really really special <clears throat> since we both I'm choking up apparently, um, you know, so emotional. But it's it's really special for us because we were there and you know we remember so much so vividly about not only this night but the days leading up to it and that date is july 1st 2008 from charlotte north carolina um nolan why don't you uh tell the people a little bit how uh you know let's lead in the show what happened the days previous so few days before the show, Leroy Moore was involved in an ATV accident, and it was announced by the band that he was uh, pretty badly injured, and that yep. Jeff Coffin would be taking his place on the stage while he was getting better and healing, and it was such a, a weird feeling of being sad and wondering is Roy going to be okay? And then you just assume he's going to be okay. And then this wave of excitement, like, oh my God, Jeff Coffin is going to be in the Dave mm-hmm. Matthews yeah. band and we're going to be the first people to see it. Like <laughs> we went from sad to excited very quickly and looking back on it, can't help but feel a little guilty. I know we didn't, no one knew what was going to happen um, with Leroy in that entire situation, right. but it was, uh, it was a crazy couple days. It, yeah, it really was. It was a, um, you know, whirlwind of emotions. Um, and you know, rest in peace, Roy grew mm-hmm. King. Um, but we were, we were very excited to see Jeff, you know, we wanted obviously wish the best for Leroy and we felt terribly, you know, at first we were thinking, wow. Um, cause I think the rumors were spreading before that he was injured and they had not announced a replacement yet. Um, and so I think before we were like, is the show going to be canceled? And then, um, Jeff Coffin was announced and we were like, Oh man, we've seen, YouTube videos. We've heard the recordings. We knew of the 4.20.02.41. We knew all of this stuff. And we had seen Jeff already with the Flectones in high school. And, you know, we listened to a Flectone album. You know, DMB introduced us to Jeff and the Flectones. So we knew what was going on with him. And we were, you know, all of a sudden from being like, whoa, what's going on? To, wow, we get to see Jeff with Dave Matthews Band for not only a full show, but we were going to two shows in a row, two straight shows. This is going to be insane. I mean, they're going to do 41. They're going to do blah, blah, blah. You know, all these songs. We started looking up the songs that Jeff had guested on. And (laughs) it's funny because, you know, we were like, oh, yeah, well, they're going to open with like 41 or something because he's played on that. I mean, it's it's a lock. Um, And I don't think anyone would have guessed with what they opened with. I mean, it's, it was as big of a surprise as anything. You just, I mean, that's the stone Mm. opener for Jeff's first song is, I mean, it's monumental. I mean, you know, what were your emotions? What, when you look back on it, what do you think of that? I mean, 
I feel like that's a pretty big statement, no? Huge statement. I mean, it was a statement of we're not going to skip a beat and we're going to bring it. And by the way, here's Jeff Coffin, and this guy is a freaking saxophone genius and madman on the stage. And gosh, I mean, it's one of our favorite songs. And just to to hear the build up and the crowd going nuts as he starts to come in, uh, you get chills thinking about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time. And every time I listen back to this show, um, I get chills every time. You know, it's it is it is pretty incredible that they decided you know we're going to open with this uh jeff i know you've played on these other songs but who who cares okay we're kicking this door down and we're going to open this show with a bang and you know the crowd responded jeff comes in i think after dave's first verse and nails it he d- plays just the little part there and we're going to play it for you right here but just just think of it. this is jeff's introduction as basically you know a de facto member here at least for a show or so you know they didn't know and here he is okay here you go jeff like uh you got to come in perfectly right here after i finish singing and nail this part or it might be a little awkward and it wasn't awkward so take a listen to jeff coffin's introduction to being (laughs) the saxophonist for dmb Pretty cool to hear that part at the beginning of the song. And then the best part of the song, in our humble opinions, is Jeff just going ham on his solo in the jam. Uh, It's one of my favorite versions of any song that DMB has done. Um, We want this on a warehouse disc or some kind of live release. So they get put on a live track. So I know they did 628. 08 in in honor of Roy's last show but I think they should do one uh to remember Jeff's first show with the band and gosh uh he <laughs> he is so good on this it's just not even it's silly oh it's mind blowing and I mean without getting too far into it and just letting everyone else hear for themselves exactly we want I mean this would be this is a song I thought should be on a warehouse disc like immediately and yeah sure make a live tracks out of it i don't care we just want uh clear soundboard audio of this thing because i mean make your minds up for yourselves but uh here you go jeff coffin's first solo as a saxophonist for dmb on the freaking stone
Man, I can remember that like it was yesterday. The sun setting as he's playing this uh, jam and just going nuts on stage. And the crowd ate it up. And then, you know, Dave has a message to the crowd um, at the end of the song, kind of explaining the situation. And, you know, if you haven't noticed, the band looks a little different up on the stage. So let's just uh, play you Dave's message right here. As I'm sure you can tell, we are missing our good friend Leroy Moore this evening. Just want to tell you that Carter and I were hanging out with him this morning. He's beat up real good, but uh, he was laughing and we were talking and he's going to be fine. We'll get him out here soon. He'll be back as good as ever, whenever he feels it. Yeah, it was uh, very encouraging stuff there by Dave. And he has some other stuff about Roy later on in the show that we'll get to. But in the two slot here was Old Dirt Hill. And 2008 was really kind of a rebirth, resurgence of sorts for Old Dirt Hill. I'm not really sure how to put it, but it actually was kind of when the song became good, decent. I don't know. Um, It was not great on the album for me and it just wasn't all that great live before now when they started uh, changing it around a little bit and Jeff really has some nice fills just throughout the song kind of interspersed so I really think that if you're going back and revisiting this show really listen to this version I think it's good and Jeff does some cool things especially for I mean the hell does Jeff know about or old dirt hill you know what I'm saying and um just it's just another thing. Jeff Coffin's a freaking savant, okay? Um, and another thing about Old Dirt Hill, I think, and I had forgotten this, but I'm sure many others have too. The ending of it became why I am. You know, that very end. And that's that predated why I am on Big Whiskey. And that was our first kind of clue to, hey, they've been in the studio working on stuff and, you know, they just kind of tagged it on to the end of a song here yeah pretty cool a little uh, a little fun fact about some of the origins of ym which became a uh, the biggest tribute to Leroy. yeah ironically jeff's second song he played you know he's playing the song that the end of it became the song <laughs> a tribute to Leroy moore after he passed it's you know another thing that kind of gives you chills pretty crazy coincidence there you know, next up, you might die trying, which we talked about earlier in the show in regards to Deer Creek and Jeff soloing with the wah effect. I'm I'm no sax player, uh, so I guess that's what it's called. That's uh, what it sounds like. So we're just gonna go with yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> he, we heard it uh, with him, you know, playing with the flectones a lot, and uh, didn't play it. Uh, but for a few shows that tour man it sounds cool and it sounds unique and it fits the song and I would be more interested in this song um, if he was doing it now which apparently he is yeah exactly Um, and he did used to play it a lot with the Flectones there's one song and it's totally escaping my memory that he would always use it on and I really like it it may have been Sinister Minister I can't remember now but um 
yeah, he brought it back. And I'm almost wondering if he brought it back because he guested with the Flectones at Red Rocks earlier this year. Um, I think it was in May, right when DMB kind of took that little break. Um, yeah, it might be before it. Before they came back in Camden. And that, that could be it. Maybe he was kind of, you know, working towards playing some Flectones stuff again. But anyways, the, that little effect is awesome. And let's just let you hear a little bit of this. You might die trying because I think it's, I think it's worth revisiting. Great solo by Jeff. So now let's let's jump to the middle of the set where we get a mid-set Gray Street. Uh, and Jeff and Rashawn just tag team the song and go off. Uh, we're going to play you a little bit of that. Um, but before we do, um, in the DMB uh, crew notes for this show, kind of explains Roy's injury and everything. And it says that Jeff and Rashawn just hold up in the practice room learning all of the parts. Rashawn teaching Jeff and helping him learn um, Roy's parts. And it's pretty clear uh, with this version of Gray Street that Jeff is just nailing all of it. So why don't we uh, why don't we listen to a little bit of Gray Street, the namesake of our podcast.
yeah. I mean, that's Jeff Coffin uncaged right there. Um, Rashawn Ross as well. I mean, that is that's their first real kind of interplay that they did, and they nailed it. Um, Rashawn also, interestingly enough, in that song, in that version, was playing Roy's parts um, leading into like out of the verses, out of the chorus, and throughout the song. And um, now Jeff plays those. Obviously, you know, you're playing it with the saxophone. But then Rashawn was playing them on his trumpet. And I thought that that was interesting on upon re-listen. That was really the first time I noticed that uh, Rashawn was doing it and not Jeff. Um, so kind of a neat little tidbit there, I guess. And, you know, then we've got a couple songs later, a little mid-set two-step. Ooh. How about that? Oh, gosh. Oh, mid-set two-step. It just sounds right. I would take <laughs> I, I would take two step in any slot in any show. Um, but man, this was oh, it really does. Oh yeah, this it, uh, it kind of just sounds like afternoon delight, you know, something like that. <laughs> sure. Uh, this version though, we have a, a throwback Dave improv intro um, that's pretty interesting, uh, seemingly about mm-hmm. Roy's accident thought we'd play a little bit of this for you and uh, and take note of how loud Jeff and Tim are which when they come in at the uh, at the end of the intro probably my favorite live moment that the Dave Matthews band has when the horns come in at the beginning of two step oh man watch out so let's uh, let's take a listen to this. beautiful improv intro there by dave um you can look up the interpretation of the lyrics on dmb almanac but um i think it's pretty clear that that was about Leroy and his accident and just the entire situation around it and maybe kind of roy's outlook on the situation and dave's outlook at the same time and it's it's a nice little introspective to what was going on and just the unfortunate situation. But it was 
I mean, it was, I love those two steps and his improv lyrics. And that one's one that I will always have chills on. Um, but moving on, skipping ahead to Jimmy thing. We get our first, uh, Jimmy thing with Jeff Coffin with a little Jeff and Rashawn back and forth. And I mean, I thought it was pretty damn good. Yeah, gosh, especially for his first one. I mean, the two of them both sounded great, and uh, they just go back and forth, like, battling each other. Do you think we should take a listen to this, Bruce, and give the people what they want? (laughs) Yes, more Jimmy thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think so, because, you know, more stuff from Jeff Coffin's first show here is a good thing, and let's just let it rip.
Dave is ridiculous. He was so blown away by Jeff on that song. He thought he was playing the trumpet, I guess. Uh, so a little funny Dave speak there for you at the end of that one. And uh, just while we're talking about Jimmy thing, let's talk about Jeff's stage presence those first couple years. He was a monster on the stage. And, I mean, we saw him with the Flectones, like you said earlier, back in high school, and he was playing two saxophones at once, and I had never mm-hmm. seen that before and was blown away. I mean, <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. And, I mean, he instantly, like in those first couple years with the band, you know, he would come up and he would like battle Tim or battle Boyd and like come to the middle of the stage and like Boyd would be there not knowing what to do. And then Tim would be battling like back and forth and uh, gosh, it was awesome. I, I I know they've all gotten older as we all have, but I would love to see that kind of stuff again. I completely forgot about that really. Um, Yes. He would play the two saxophones, I think on uh, Jimmy thing for a few years. Um, Yeah. And yes, we saw him play it for the flectones but then he would battle in like 41 maybe crush or something like that and i i do miss that um because he can be a madman and it's he does have this stage presence um he doesn't have it the um boisterous stage presence these days um as much as he did i guess maybe in his younger years and you know his playing is still just as great um but he doesn't you know walk around the stage and do all the crazy stuff. I think he even would go over to Carter and be like, sup mofo. Like, you know, Hey, and it was, it was a lot of fun watching all that stuff. Um, but you know, moving on in the show, we have a little odd run here and it starts with sledgehammer, which in 08 was, um, actually pretty awesome. I think we both were really, you know, wanting to see Sledgehammer uh, before this show. And we got it. And then we got a really odd off-the-wall cover of uh, Rolling Stone's song, Bitch. Which is, um, <laughs> this was the last time I think they ever played it. And probably... With good reason? Probably, a, yeah, probably for good reason. And it was just not good. But... Whatever. They uh, close the set with ants, and so you get your first little Jeff Coffin ants marching with uh, with the band, and it, you know, great sh- uh, set closer. And then as we get into the encore, um, it starts off with Dave coming out and getting the crowd to get a little chant going because he wants to send something to Leroy. So let's go ahead and uh, play the audio of what Dave wanted the crowd to do. For the Grugrus King. Thank you very much. So I got an idea, but I need your help for it. You see, my friend Leroy. Sometimes he gets he gets a little bit blue, and I figure right now he's a little busted up. He might go, go to a couple of dark places. So I figured that if if we made a one of those digital postcards, and we uh, and y'all can help me out with this. We could send him a little video of y'all saying, We want war! 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 
Wow, I mean, that was a really cool moment uh, to be a part of. And I remember us being there chanting along with them. And gosh, it's get chills thinking about it. It's hard not to uh, to get sad thinking about that moment, knowing what we know and uh, the stark contrast of Dave having to announce to the crowd in the Staples Center out in Los Angeles about a month and a half later that Roy had passed. And uh, man, just... Mm -hmm. A lot can happen in, in a short amount of time, and it was really cool to be a part of that moment, and you know, hopefully it helped uh, bring Roy's spirits up a little bit in, uh, in his time of need. Yeah, I, I really hope so. I really know that the man, you know, kind of had some um, struggles and everything with, um, you know, feeling like Dave said, a little bit blue and getting down, so I hope that... Um, the crowd at this show and I believe we did it the next night as well in Raleigh. I hope that that, um, that that helped him out a little bit. And, um, you know, that's, that was an important thing. It was a great thing, um, for Dave to do. And another great thing, um, for Dave to do was to play money, the Pink Floyd song in the E1 slot here. And yeah. that's a cover that I absolutely do not understand why they abandoned because, <laughs> They kill it. Oh, man. It was so cool when they started playing it. And uh, gosh, where did it go? I don't know. I mean, I you know, it just kind of fell off the face of the earth. You know, Sledgehammer is still around from 08. Um, you know, and Watchtower has been here for 50 years. And, you know, money just, it left us. And I would love to see it come back. And, oh, man, I just think it was... I think they could absolutely kill it these days. There's the way is and as tight as the band is sounding these days. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's something with Pink Floyd. I don't know if there's something you know. Dave just has a vin. I don't, I don't know. There's something maybe out there. Maybe they just completely forgot that they ever played it. I don't know, but um, I mean, it's it's pretty money. <laughs> um, pun intended, oh. and I think we should play a little bit for. Uh, for the listeners here because it's just I think it's one of their better covers.
gosh, when I think about that song and DMB covering it, I just immediately think of Jeff and Tim and how they absolutely shine on it, as you just heard. And then Money is followed up by, once again, so much to say, anyone seen the bridge? Too much. Pretty unique way to end the show, and uh, we came away pretty impressed with that encore. One other thing to note about this show is they soundtracked Dreaming Tree, but it wasn't played, and it wasn't played the next night either. Oh, oh. oh so that hurts. That's that's Why? one we always always want to hear. I've only seen it once. We've only seen it once together. We've only seen it once. Oh, no, no, yeah. Good, good correction. Mm. I've seen it, Dave and Tim, and uh, you didn't go to that show. Oh, oh, to. oh. Well, I've seen it like fifteen times. So whatever. <laughs> Going back on a serious note, you know this. This was an important show in DMB history, and one looking back on that, uh, you know, it was an honor to be at. I'm glad we were there. I'm glad we were there together. Man, it was such a weird show, like, thinking about it, looking back on it after everything that happened. But, I mean, at the time, at the show, everyone was optimistic and positive, and that came from the band and made its way to the crowd and you saw that in the entire band's performance and especially Jeff Coffins. Absolutely. It was a it was a, you know the turning point. It was a turning point for the band for fans and it was just a welcoming point. You know, this is the moment that Jeff Coffin was welcomed into this band for you know, possibly the duration of their career. And, you know, we absolutely are honored to have been there for that. Um, we miss Roy. We love Roy. Um, but, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. And we were there for, you know, a changing of the guard, I guess, per se. And, you know, the show really showed the band's resilience. It showed how incredibly talented Jeff Coffin was and is, even though we knew this. Um, but this was just a different situation and it was, you know, an incredibly emotional show. Um, like you said, that had a lot of positive vibes from the band to the crowd, from the crowd to the van, to the band. And it seemed like everything was going to be okay. And in hindsight, you know, it, it wasn't, but you know, we got one of the best saxophonists to have ever done it. And what a way to come out what a way to announce his you know announce his presence and we look on we look back on the show very fondly and you know honestly i'm very glad we got to talk about it today and got to play some of it for you know the listeners because i don't know how important it has seemed to others but i really think it needs to be discussed talked about and you know listened to by all DMB fans. It's just such an important monumental moment in this band's history. Absolutely. I'm glad we got to talk about it because, I mean, a couple of weeks ago we decided this was going to be the show that we highlighted this week for this segment. And just going back and listening to it was it was a treat. And there were some moments that I had forgotten uh, that it was it was kind of fun to remember and think back on. So. Glad, uh, glad we got to talk about this this show together on the pod. You know, as we look back, we now look forward into the upcoming shows. And this week we have quite a few, actually. Um, 
tomorrow or today, if you're listening on Tuesday, uh, July 2nd, the band makes a stop in Riverbend. And on the 3rd, they make another stop up in uh, Tinley Park. And then um, they make their mostly annual trip up to good old... Where where is that, Nolan? I don't I don't remember. I don't know this place very well. I believe it's called Alpine. Ooh, oh yeah, that's got to be our next big trip. Like if besides Gorge, I think that's got to be. Oh man, I mean, Wisconsin? You kidding for, me? Go pack, go! Oh. Aaron Rodgers, the goat. Sorry, all you Pats fans. Sorry, we're not sorry. Gosh, we need to get we need to get AA Ron, Mr. Discount Double Check himself to go to that show with us. I think he could probably get us backstage passes. He he might be able to. What I'd rather him do is get a ring, get another ring for him and for us. But uh regardless, yes. um Alpine Night 1 <laughs> On this Friday is another uh, version of the SiriusXM concert series, so be sure to tune in. And then night two will be on Saturday. Um, but busy week for the band. You know, you've got uh, four shows there in five days, and they're skipping over July 4th, which, by the way, happy July 4th to everyone. Um, we hope you all have a perfectly safe, happy, fun uh, holiday remembering America's independence and all that that represents red, white, and blue. Um, you know, God bless America, all that good stuff. But, um, you know, four shows, five days and all, and that's, uh, that's busy. That's very busy. And that's going to be hot too. So good luck to the band as well. And we'll, uh, we'll cover these shows in next week's, uh, podcast episode five. Exactly. And just a reminder, if you want to help us cover some of those shows or all of those shows, maybe you're going to all four. I don't know. But um, and you want to provide us with a brief synopsis of your experience at the show, a review of the show. Let us know if there are any standout performances we should know about. Whatever. I mean, anything. We love hearing from you guys. Just send us a little email, send us, you know, a couple paragraphs, whatever you can send us an audio message and we can include your voice here on the podcast, because honestly, we're both kind of sick of hearing our own voices. I'm sure all of you are. Let's get some new voices on the pod. Just send us like a 60 second or so audio message from the tailgate, um, post show, whatever, send us something and you can reach us at graystreetpod at gmail.com. And I know I've enjoyed hearing from you guys. Nolan, you told me that you have as well. Um, Yes. I mean, please continue to do so. The ones that we've heard from already, thank you. The ones that we're going to hear from, we can't wait. And um, Nolan, why don't you hit us with our little shameless plugs and we'll get on out of here. Got to do it. Please follow us and interact with us on our social accounts. We're super active, especially around the shows. So on Instagram, we are at Gray Street Pod, Twitter at Gray Street Pod, and you can find us on Facebook, the Corner of Gray Street Podcast page. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. Etc. Etc. Wherever you listen to your podcast, please rate, review, five stars if you are so kind to do so. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the selection of shows that we chose to play for you this week, and 
we will see you next week on the corner of Gray Street. See you guys. Y'all take care. Thank you.